You're listening to To the Collabcast episode 190. It is Friday, February the 8th, 2019. It is our first episode of the new year, of both new years. Happy Lunar New Year to all of you who celebrate it. Hope you all have a wonderful year of the pig. Um, my name is Marvin Yue, and this is our first episode in a while. Thank you to everyone who's been sticking around, watching their podcast feeds for our show. I apologize for the long delay, but we've been hard at work at collaboration, moving things around, updating things for the new year, and we're getting ready for a rebranding of this podcast feed that we'll be announcing in a few weeks. It's very exciting. Uh, we're going to keep doing the collabcast as a discussion podcast, but also feature other types of storytelling and podcast formats um, to give you a more well-rounded view audio view of the Asian American community around the nation by bringing you more content from our local teams from Atlanta, San Francisco, here in Los Angeles, and other places around the country. We'll be sharing more details about our new direction soon, but this episode is all about Sundance 2019. A team from Collaboration just got back from Park City last week, where we helped put on the 2019 Asian Pacific American Filmmakers Experience. We had a great day of events at the Kickstarter Lodge, where we produced two panels as well as a meetup for the Asian American and Asian diaspora filmmakers that were at the Sundance Film Festival. It was a great Sundance for Asian American filmmakers and for diversity in general. It was the most percentage of female directors as well as people of color directors in the festival ever. And there was a lot of great news to come out of the festival. There were several movies that were sold directed by Asian women, including Late Night, uh, which is written by Mindy Kaling, directed by Nisha Ganatra. Hala, directed by Minhao Baig. Blinded by the Light by Gurinder Chada, who you may remember from her other Sundance film, Bend It Like Beckham. And of course, The Farewell by Lulu Wong, starring the one and only Aquafina. And personally, I was able to watch most of the films directed by Asian Asian Americans, including Miss Purple, which is Justin Chaw's new film. And I'm very excited for 2019 in terms of Asian American film. There's a lot to look forward to this year. So while we were at Sundance, we were able to record a bunch of interviews with Asian American filmmakers around the festival. So that's what we're sharing for this episode. First up, my co-host Minji Chang chats with Lulu Wang, the director of The Farewell, which took place right before the APA Filmmakers Experience panel at the Kickstarter house. This interview was recorded right before they announced the acquisition of her movie by A24 for a deal that's valued around $6 to $7 million. So congratulations, Lulu Wang. It's a great chat about the journey that she took to get this film made, as well as why you shouldn't make her hangry. So here is Minji Chang with director Lulu Wang. Hey everybody, this is Minji Chang here for a collab cast at Park City for Sundance Film Festival 2019. I am sitting on a very comfy couch in a beautiful Kickstarter lounge for our APA Filmmakers Experience 2019 with the incredible Lulu Wong, who is the director of The Farewell, which is getting so much 
buzz and just like appreciation here at Sundance. And so I just want to welcome. Thank you for being here, Lulu. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? I'm good now that I'm lying on this couch. Right? Yeah. It's very plush. This is great. Yeah. Have you had a moment to breathe while you've been? No, zero. Not at all. Sometimes they forget to feed me. That's not okay. I'm Asian. Don't they know? (laughs) I'm a small Asian girl. I get hangry. I mean, that's a real issue. I think. Let's talk about this. This is We should real. talk about it. Like, this is like a social issue that needs to be discussed. They we should must. not ever neglect this issue is what, I, <laughs> yeah, is what we're trying to establish on this podcast. No, it's been, and how are you feeling? I mean, there's just been so, everywhere we go, like, you're seriously one of the top films right now at Sundance, like, Aww. most talked about in the press, but amongst the people here, too. How's that feeling for you, like, to have... The premiere to have Aquafina here to like celebrate with you, Taima, yeah. who's wonderful. Yeah. And how's that all going? It's you know it's really surreal. I'm so happy for the cast. Um, you know, I think when you make a movie, you are telling everyone that you have a vision, and they just have to trust you. But you know, in some ways, when you're like a newer filmmaker, that they don't necessarily have all the reasons yet to trust you Mm -hmm. and you're just trying to prove yourself in so many different ways and um, I'm just so thrilled because these actors took so much risk and they came out to Changshun you know like for for Aquafina to take on a role that's not in her normal comfort zone and to really push herself Um, yeah so I'm just thrilled that you know they're getting the recognition and that they can feel proud of the film that's amazing and seriously and I love I love the the collaborative nature of a, of a film. Really, people kind of understand that from a bird's eye, but obviously from being the director of such, like having such great cast members and having to put this production all together, you know, overseas and like having it come full circle here. I mean, you really do know that all the work and the hustle that goes into creating an environment and a community that can make this film successful, right? Yes, absolutely. It's just a tremendous amount of people. And it's really crazy because it's like you have an idea. It's like you in a room and you're like, you know, and especially because this happened to me in my real life. Yeah. I'm like, this situation is crazy. And now I want to make a film out of it, which is crazy because in what world do I get to make an American film with an all Asian cast, Asian, Asian American, uh, in 70% Mandarin Chinese. Uh, but meanwhile, I want the financing to come from America and I want to target the American audience first and foremost because I am American yeah. and my voice is American. And you know, you, you say that, like, I don't even think I had the, courage to say that out loud yeah and uh you just know when people look at you that they're just like you're crazy Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. that's a cute film that's a that's a charming idea you know and so i think like the the idea or the potential for a, a project like this to break out and to have collaborated with Big Beach, Depth of Field, uh Anita Gao, like all these people uh yeah, it's it's insane. That's I mean, that's so incredible. And I think that's what we with the Asian Pacific filmmakers experience. This is only my fourth Sundance. And for several people here, this is their first. And so there's a lot of people entering that space where they had no idea that they were even allowed to be here. Like, mm-hmm. to be honest, my first Sundance, I was like, I'm allowed to come, you know, to a film. But for some reason, it felt very not unwelcoming, but it just felt like it was belonged to another, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. subset of the population that I'm not Mm -hmm, privy to. mm -hmm. So I just think that films like this do open so many doors in so many more ways than one. And you symbolically being that filmmaker, it lights a fire. It opens gates for so many other filmmakers of color, women, like 
all these different stories that have yet to be told. Yeah. To be like, I can tell a story too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think my dream is that there will very soon be so many of our stories that they'll stop comparing us to each other. Because yeah. right now, because you can count them on one hand, they'll literally be like, uh, Crazy Witch Asians, Joy Luck Club, Wedding Banquet. And I'm like, all right, come on. This is so original. Come at me. What else you got? Right. Like, you know, and it's like, of course, it's an honor to be compared to those wonderful films, but also my film is very different from those films. And, you know, to be honest, like nobody is comparing white films against each other, right? right? Because they can just be themselves. They can just like, exist. exist as a film. Yeah. I, th- I think you touched on a really important topic that this is a very unique time of the scarcity is real, mm-hmm. but then it's also really exciting too. On the other hand, because you're, it's this momentum that's building because mm-hmm. people are out there, mm-hmm. and the handful is then going to keep growing to be like, just it's just a film, like so many that you just can't count anymore, right? And, you, and so you stop counting. Yeah. But I'm, and again, I go back to the praise of like it's amazing that you are part of the ones that can be counted. I just feel like that's a really special thing, and to to hear people respond so deeply. And connect so deeply with mm-hmm. a story that does not, it's not theirs, but it becomes theirs. Yeah. Because they connect to it. Absolutely. Know? Cause we, you know, we've spent our lives connecting to non-Asian stories, right? right? And yet we, we see ourselves in those characters. Mm-hmm. And so there's nothing more exciting and more emotional for me than when someone who is not Chinese or not even Asian says, that is my grandmother. This is my family. And this isn't an Asian film. This is a film about family, a film about, you know, whatever they get out of it. And like, that is really, really meaningful. Yeah. Oh, beautifully said. And we just like really dived into the nuts and bolts for those who are not familiar yet with the premise of the story Mm -hmm. and without spoilers or anything, but like, is how would you describe the story or the premise of the film to to the wider audience that's all like dying to know and and see it eventually. Uh, so this is based on some stuff that happened in my real life, uh, and uh, the story of the farewell is about a, a Chinese American woman who goes back to China because she learns that her grandmother has been diagnosed with stage four lung cancer and has been given three months to live. Except that she also learns that in China, they don't tell the patient. They often tell the family and allow the family to then determine the best time to tell the patient. Um, And in this situation, uh, the family has decided not to tell grandma at all. Um, And uh, instead, they're like, you know, we still have to, everybody has to come see her, but we don't want her to know. Um, and we don't want to give her this depressing news. And so they end up, uh, forcing a cousin of the main characters to get married and have a wedding. And, um, is a ruse for everybody to come back and say goodbye without making grandma suspicious. You can't like, I don't know. Make this shit up. Know. You can't make it up. <laughs> no. You can't. And that's why I'm like, there's such a like amazing platinum mind, mind, mine of stories that are true, mm-hmm. that are amazing, mm-hmm. that are entertaining, mm-hmm. all of the, you know, and this is so, I cannot wait to watch it. I tried, mm-hmm. couldn't get in, but that's fine. I was like, that's a problem I'll deal with because it's amazing that it's that hard to get in to watch The Farewell. Oh, thank you. But I'm, I'm a huge fan of Aquafina. She's actually been part of our collaboration uh, world with us being a platform for Asian American artists before they are, mm-hmm. you know, and we, we had her at our collaboration New York show in 2014 when she was the rapper Aquafina on YouTube. Yeah. You know, rapping about 
my badge my badge nyc bitches all that oh yes green tea that's my jam i love green tea i love with margaret cho yes yes that's i mean that's aquafina we we got to like love be with and then watching her grow yeah has been nothing short of amazing yeah so i just i'm so glad that strong asian americans and asian american women are like out there doing their thing Yeah, yeah me too do you have any pearls of wisdom or any you know inspirational advice or even doesn't whatever you feel is there anything you want to say to kind of the asian american community that is just kind of dying to get out there tell their stories yes music whatever yes 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 yeah you know i was on a panel earlier talking about financing and it really made me realize because you know people who are not women people of color will say this is the structure you get a name actor and you do this and this and this and you can finance your film but you know one of the things that i thought of was there's not a when when you're making films that have never existed there is no existing model you can't go get a name because there are not enough uh, Asian American women names that work for the story and also work for the financiers, you know, and slowly that'll start to change. For example, with Aquafina, right. you know, and Mindy Kaling and all of these um, brilliant women who are paving a path in which they are showing we are a value, right? you know, and, and we are not um, – a higher risk simply because uh, we don't look like you, you right. know, and um, and so I, I was I would say that my advice is to you know if you have a story to tell, find whatever way you possibly can to tell it, and and to tell it in a way that feels good and authentic to you. Like yeah. for me, nobody wanted to finance this film. Uh, they like I was saying earlier, we're like, oh, that's cute. Like, you want to do what? (laughs) Yes, exactly. Like, you want to do what? Oh, like, who's going to care? What what are the stakes? Who's going to care about a grandma, a Chinese grandma? You know what I mean? And it's like, who doesn't care about their grandmother? Uh, Like, yeah. What? (laughs) Like, I, I understand the world isn't blowing up in this movie, but like, the stakes are huge when you love somebody. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until I did the story for this American life and then everybody heard it and they were like, yo, let's make this movie. Here's all this money. And I was like, but do you want to put white people in the movie or do you want me to make the movie I want to make? My you know? movie, yeah, My this movie, story. This. And they were like, yeah, so about that Mandarin, does it have to be, couldn't they, couldn't we find a way where they, and I'm just like, so you love the thing that you heard and now you want to change it, right? I'm and- falling back on this couch because it's just like, I can't, you know, these conversations, they actually really do happen. Yeah. Your brain melts. You do. And then there's the, the, you know, scarcity and desperation leads to desperation. And you're like, I mean, these people are offering me money. Where can I compromise? And that's yeah. where your mind goes. And you go, maybe I can because then I'll get to, at least I'll get to make it. And it's so, cha- it was so challenging. And it wasn't until I met with Chris White and, uh, Peter Seraf, um, where, who financed the film from, uh, Big Beach, who said, we, all we want to do is we love this story. We loved what we heard on this American life. We believe in your voice and we want to support and help guide you to tell the story in your voice. And we will not force you to cast anybody you don't want to cast. We will not force you to write the film in any way that you don't want to write it or direct it or cast it. Or I already said casting, but you know, it was just when I heard that, I was like, it's not about how much money I can make the movie for. Like, I just want to make the movie the way that I, I want to make it. And yeah. that's what's so inspiring right now is that and, hopeful is that you know if people are responding 
it's a validation that 100%, you know, not yeah. just for myself, but for everybody around the film to say like, it works when you support the voice of a, of a writer director, when you support, you know, people telling their own stories and, and it, it can work. It, it it's, it can be scary sometimes, mm-hmm. but th- you have to follow you, your intuition rather than following your fear. I just need to like have something to wave around right now. This is, this is just gold. And you're, and it's, it's really one, there's so many gems, I feel like, of things that you just touched upon, like the importance of allies, the people that really do believe in you, who will take that risk with and for you mm-hmm. to say, you know what, I back your vision and I'm not going to try to encroach my beliefs or my fear driven, you know, perceptions around something. I think that's really incredible and powerful. And those people do exist, right? And, mm-hmm. and you, and you just like sticking, to your values and your integrity of like, you know what? Like, I know this story mm-hmm. and I'm not going to compromise that. That takes a lot of courage because there's so many people who do. Yeah. For the sake of like, I still want to make it, but, you know, let me just cut this out and do this and like hire white actors to do. And, you know, it's just such a testament to the change that's happening. Yeah. And absolutely. thank you for being part of that. Thank you. Cause that's truly inspiring and that's real and the story is real. And I think those are the things that will continue to change and they'll move the needle. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much, Lulu, for being here and for sharing some of your, I mean, we have so much ahead of you. That's <laughs> going to be, I'm just very honored that you're here to share this. Oh, space thank talk. you for talking to me and letting me lie on this couch and chill with you guys. Get a little bit of repose before the madness. <laughs> Cause I can hear all the footsteps above us. It's about to get crazy. Oh God. I need to have a hot dog before this panel. You starts. do. So we need it. We're going to wrap this podcast up. Thank you so much for tuning into Collabcast at Sundance 2019. This has been our sit down with director, writer, Lulu Wong from The Farewell. And you will see so much more of her. And please go watch The Farewell whenever you get the chance, because I already know that it's going to be amazing. Thank you. Thank you. And that was Lulu Wong, director of The Farewell, starring Aquafina and Tai Ma. Next up, we have two interviews with the cast and crew of Miss Purple, the newest film from Justin Chan. Miss Purple is a melancholic story taking place in LA's Koreatown about two siblings, their ailing father, and those that work the K-Town nightlife. In this first interview, we chat with director Justin Chan, producer Alex Chi, and co-writer Chris Din about the film and their return to Sundance after their success with their previous film, Gook. Hey guys, this is Minji Chang for Collabcast. I'm here in Park City, Utah at the Sundance Film Festival 2019. Yay, and I'm yay. sitting at this amazing table with some old friends and amazing filmmakers. We have writer-director Justin Chan of Miss Purple. Hi, Justin. Hello. Hello. We have co-writer Kristen. Hi. Hi. How are you? And we have producer Alex G. Hello. Hello. And all three of you guys have been on our collab cast before. And now this is like the first where we get to all sit down together, which is exciting. It's a Megatron. It's a Megatron. How are you guys feeling? You guys have been already here for a couple of days, but we had the premiere of Miss Purple last night. Mm. We had the second screening, which I got to go to today. Nice. How are y'all feeling? Let's let Alex talk. I don't think he's talked enough. <laughs> um Feeling tired, to be honest. It's been a very, very long 36 hours having a full press yesterday and then the premiere after party and then waking up bright and early for our second screening. Oh, you know, at 8.30 um, in the oh, morning. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's cool. You know, not, not, not too bad, but, you know, it's just the energy here just kind of lifts us up and we know what we were getting into. So we, you know, just got to ride this up. You know how to do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah we're ready. Yeah. We're ready. We're, we're prepared this time around. So, yeah. Christopher. 
How's everything? It's good. It's good. <laughs> it's great. Thanks for asking. I love it. Yeah. Love In it. summary, um, it's good. It's been it's it's been an interesting uh, two days. Yeah. 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 I watched the movie like I like I like I don't like I have never seen it before. It like hits me every time in a new way so that's been really interesting how the premiere feel because that's always like a special night right because you're introducing it to this larger audience right and and for the for no because i there's a lot of collabcast listeners who've been listening in and listened to justin's um interview before but justin's had an amazing ride before and since gook and and so this is your second sundance premiere at the egyptian uh, no, at the li- it premiered at the library. Premiered at the library. Excuse me, I watched. You, you I saw it. it I it, saw it at the Egyptian. That was special for me. <laughs> but um, how does that? And yeah, Chris, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Because you're saying that you. How many times had you watched it before? Um, the premiere. Different versions, but after this, this uh, kind of final version, I had not seen it for a couple of months. I feel like, but. I was like really looking forward to seeing it in a theater for the first time, like, like how it was presented at the theater. So that was really, it was really cool. It's like really hard to describe. Um, That's why it probably felt like a brand new movie to me. (laughs) Brand new movie. Yeah. How about you, Justin? Um, Yeah, I think, you know, you work on this thing for so long and you're so intimate with every little breath. Like that's how minute it gets. And then, uh, you know, you finish it and when you put it out into the world, it's just a weird feeling. Yeah. You know, it's like sending your kid off to college maybe. I don't know. I don't, my kid's only one. So I don't know what Congratulations, like. by the way. Again, <laughs> a lot of things have changed since yeah. we last got to sit yeah. down with you. But, um, you know, like I was in the seat really worried and then, you know, you. I think I went through this with Gook as well as like you, you, you still want to try to control the situation because you've had your fingers on it for so long and then through the hour and a half that the movie plays, you slowly start to let go and realize that um, this movie doesn't belong to me anymore. It belongs to the audience. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's their experience to have and I, it's not my place to tell them how to feel. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's how I felt. That's like a big, I, I, I feel like the imagery with that is like a free fall, kind of just like let it go. Yeah. And, and we know this about you, Justin, something I really respect about you. You're very much, you know, the creative and the professional, but you're very much an artist. You, you, you take, I think... I think you take risks like you don't hold back into the conventional that's something that's part of like the Justin Chan brand mm. yeah I don't know what the brand <laughs> aspect of it is you know I, whenever that sounds so LA I apologize you, you, no that. no but it's, it's 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 I do think I have a brand mm-hmm. you know and I um, you know I think that brand is is telling stories that bring empathy and compassion to our community mm-hmm. and help people understand that we're also human mm-hmm. even within our own circles like you know and um so that is my brand, you know, that's my passion, that's my purpose now, um, and I think that's where I'm the best served for humanity, Yeah. you know, on a bigger macro level. Um, so, you know, I, I, I do agree, like, there is, but in terms of, like, you know, that's a brand, that's a type of brand I can stand behind. You know, everything else, I think it's just case by case, mm-hmm. and um, I do take risks, and it's because I don't. I think the why, the purpose of why I do things is very clear. Yeah. And, and uh, because I, un- I understand that, you know, I'm telling stories not for just for myself, but for other people to uplift us mm-hmm. as a community, I think I can take those risks and hopefully we, you know, our community will support me. But even if they don't, I'll still do it because that's not, 
that's you know that's just comes with the territory right for sure and that's i mean that's a very uh very deep and very mature way to approach that because it's not easy to birth something that's very personal to you but then you ultimately let go to belong to an audience to interpret and take what they will and to speak on i mean to i'm not going to spoil anything but the premise of the movie is about a brother and sister which touches my heart so deeply um on many and korean american and um did you feel did you feel something during the movie oh totally did you did it did it make you tear a little bit i got upset in a lot of mm-hmm. different ways yeah but i think that's why we go to personally like i go to movies to feel stuff you know you and even if it's a familiar story it's a different story it's the spe- specificity of a different story so speaking of story you guys chose to make this a brother sister film and you and i just think it was a really bold choice um and great choice for you to to take on the perspective of the sister really that she's the the primary lens through we look through this story and i'm curious as chris and justin you guys co-wrote this together what was that process like because you know i'm saying i'm korean american girl and you know we have a rep for being a little crazy (laughs) for a lot of reasons um got a lot of stuff we gotta sift through and and i appreciate that because that's a lot you know how was that writing process for you guys well, I mean, the choice to make it, you know, I, I have a younger sister, and we're totally different, and but I love her to death, and I also hate her, but, <laughs> but you know, I mean, um, the choice for that was very a specific experience. Was you know during the the screening of of Gook, we were at Union Union Square, uh, and I did a Q and A there, and the Q and A went gangbusters, and then I was walking out of the theater, and then these two Asian girls came up to me, and I thought maybe maybe they want a hug or something, you know. <laughs> They didn't want to hug. They like basically like, you know, we're like, so you talk about diversity and representation. How come in Gook there's not a single Asian American female in your film? Oh. And I said, and I thought it was a valid question. And I proceeded to explain that Gook had a lot of themes of toxic masculinity, father-son, you know, relationship uh, themes and, and uh, interracial stuff. It just, there just wasn't enough room, you know, because when you try to service everybody, the film gets diluted. So I said, but don't worry, it's coming. You know, it's coming. Just let me get to it. You have to give me some time. This is my s- second film, you know? Like, mm-hmm. You know, um, so, you know, when I started to think about this this relationship, I could have very easily chose to tell it from, from um, Carrie's point of view with the brother because that's easier for me. I, I share the, you know, and that would be very close to my own experience i just thought it was a great opportunity to fulfill that promise yeah yeah i didn't know this origin story that's that's amazing and again for like you know your second film that you're you're putting out there that's great and this is actually my third and film. Th- third film and i you know I'll, be, I'll tell you why that's important though because i think you know as a community you, know, you want to talk about risk and stuff we only we only celebrate the successes mm-hmm. we only still celebrate when things are amazing and we have to put it out there sp- specifically for our community, this, it requires a lot of failure and it requires a lot of work. You know, I don't think people ever ask, and, and to no one's fault, but like people don't ask like what I've done leading up to these films for them to be possible and for me to be able to have these skills and make them, you know? For sure. And you know, I've done like so many damn short films that no one will ever see. And the reason I bring up that it's not my second film, and even for Gook, I told people it wasn't my first film because... My first film, I felt like, was really tough, and it wasn't like a critically, you know, it was like a, 
like a stoner Asian stoner movie, you know, and and I learned so that was my film school, but and it didn't succeed on the level of these these two recent films. But had I not made that film, if you want to talk about risk, you know, I put my own money in that film. I lost a lot of money, and had I stopped there, then these two films wouldn't exist. For sure. So that's very important that like we talk about things that don't work out as well. One hundred percent. Yeah. Thank you for. I, I agree, and and that's a theme that comes up a lot in the Asian American community of putting things out there for better or worse, success or failure. All of it has a lot of value in learning how to progress and and grow and be better, right? Um, and Chris, like, just you know, I've seen you write so many different things from all you know the Wong Fu days, and now you're doing things at Sunday. I just like you know, Chris, I freaking adore you, and I have so much respect for you because you do put a lot of your work blood sweat and tears and then you you know you make things and you move forward how does it feel because this is you guys have partnered together before and like this is a growth of your guys's creative partnership how's that how's that feel being at sundance again with Justin <laughs> and and being part of this film um it that's it's really hard to describe but all i can say about it is uh i'm a huge fan of Justin's very first film. <laughs> oh my God, my Man up. Man up. And he thinks I'm, I, I think he thinks I'm, I'm joking when I say that, but like I actually really like enjoyed that film. And I think maybe that was like the beginning rumblings that like maybe there was a, you know, there was something to explore there. But how does it feel? I mean, it just feels, I'm still learning. I learned a lot from Justin. And uh, I think I'm like, uh, um, I'm a conservative, naturally conservative person in terms of like more afraid of risk. So being able to work with someone who's not afraid to go there is, um, I mean, I don't even know where I would be if I kind of stayed on the same track. So being able to, I mean, um, you know, kind of not use, but like, you can use me. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's use like him. a very Abbott and Costello dynamic. And I think that's amazing because that's really like reaching outside your comfort zone. Right. 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 And yeah. entertaining how the value of somebody else's creativity can boost your own. Right. 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 That's, uh, there's a lot of trust between you guys. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I mean, that I was that, but but that was built. Yeah. Because I think when we first started working together, you know, but that's why I think I'm committed to long term relationships with everybody I work with. Because there needs to be that trust built, and also there's a just becomes a shorthand, and you know even with Alex, like now this is our second film, and you know I'll be honest, like before we started this film, I was I was really hard on him. I was like, are you sure you can do this? I was just like really pushing him. Same thing goes with with Chris. Like sometimes I like really push, and and I think Chris is just like you're crazy. But I think I think why it's okay is because we all have the same thing in mind of where we want to go. Mm-hmm. You know, what we're trying to do. If it was just, if you were just trying to like lollygag and make some stupid film that is just very surface level material, then then whatever. We shouldn't, you know, but I think we are striving to do something. We're striving to move the needle. Yeah. And I think uh, it requires, it needs, it is uncomfortable. You it know? should be. Yeah. 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 Um, and speaking of moving the needle, Alex, producer, there's such a there's so much hustle and so much um, just a mix of professionalism create, and creativity of a different kind to produce something right to be a producer of a film and bring someone's vision to life to make sure that all the pieces fit together mm-hmm. for this film to exist is is really 
I mean, I admire because I come from a producing background myself and it, it's, it's a lot. And the fact that you guys have worked together, it shows I love this brotherhood and this yeah. partnership you guys have. And you said earlier that, you know, all over again because you've done it before with Gook, right? So how did, how did that, how do you feel like that prepared you and what, what was different this time around with this film? Um, for this film, I think what Justin said in terms of trust, I mean, that's kind of the main thing. Like, you know, with Gook, what he made was amazing. And then when he first told the story to me, I also connected definitely with like this brother uh, brother sister relationship. And I was like, hey man, we're going to make this movie. Let's do it. Um, I will do everything I can to make this happen and we will work on this together and produce together. And that's kind of, that was like our, our mindset throughout and, you know, our mindset through just all the projects that we do is we're just going to make this, we're going to make it on, like, without getting anyone's permission and do it ourselves and figure out a way to make it happen. So, um, but like, we're still learning, but Gook helped us with this. We learned from Miss Purple, go on to the next thing. So it's, you know, we're all just learning and growing together, which is awesome. So yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Do you have, any of you guys have, advice for like the future filmmakers out there there's so many people who have their vision of a story that they want to tell in film or a podcast or writing you know in different mediums I, mean, I think i think what you just said is exactly what it is is tell your story don't tell the story that you think people want to see or mm. like that you think will be a great seller or i think so nobody wants to see that shit man like you know we are there's an, enough of that already you know and then you know Secondly, like, don't wait because it just, it's, you're going to fail anyways. Like, <laughs> fail you, forward. You, yeah, fail forward instead of just like dragging your feet. You know, I know so many people just like wait and wait. And I'm just like, man, I just made like three movies. And you, where's yours? Like, you haven't made one yet. Like, what are you still doing? Like, it's been like eight years or whatever, like, whatever time it is. I think that's, that's the biggest piece of advice. And then also, like, just be have some common sense. <laughs> That's a loaded That's, comment, right? There. I think, I'm like, I think common, but I think I think common sense really will take you very, very far. Like, okay, you want to you want to make a film? Learn everything about cameras. Like, mm-hmm. learn about learn about production design. That's just common sense. Like, what is in the frame? Mm-hmm. What is lighting? Like, what like how to work with actors? I mean, like all that stuff. I and think, we have YouTube. We have no excuse. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think that stuff is like you have no excuse now. Like, it's really. It's that's common sense. Yeah. What do you think, Chris? Um, I think I should learn about common sense. <laughs> um, <clears throat> sometimes, yeah, sometimes I don't know if I have any common sense, but yeah, you're just, deep, just Chris, do stuff. You're in, you're in your... I'm very confused right now. <laughs> I'm very confused. I don't know what's happening. You're um, creative but, in mind. Uh, I don't know. Just, you know, work with, uh, work with, get to work in a good team, find your team, find your, find the people who like, don't necessarily like always say yes, but like, like I was saying before, like really challenge you in the right ways and it should be a little uncomfortable. You know, that's how, that's how we all grow. But yeah. What about you, Alex? Uh, advice, man, I would say just, just kind of, just don't be afraid just kind of go out and do it. Um, you know, definitely for Gook, definitely for this or times like, Oh, I'm not ready. Like, I, I don't think I can pull this off, but you know, like just kind of believe in yourself and just make it happen. Like become a problem solver, have some common sense and, <laughs> and, and, and figure it out. Solutions, so, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, congratulations to all you guys. Thanks. Like from Asian American, from a friend and professional 
perspective, all of it. I, I have so much respect for you guys and I'm so thrilled at the reception of this film. I think it's going to be a big hit and success and it's going to really touch a lot of hearts. I already saw it happen this morning. I was like watching it, but I was also watching the room. It was great. Um, and we're just so thrilled for all of you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much, guys. Thanks for always supporting us. For Thanks. sure. We got you. This is Minji at Collabcast and we're signing off. Bye. Woohoo. Collabcast. <laughs> bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we chat with Tiffany Chu, the lead actress and star of Miss Purple. You may notice that uh, Minji's voice is a little bit softer during this interview. Um, that's because it took place in the Sundance Press Lounge, and we didn't have a private room, so we were trying to keep below profile while other people around us were also doing their interviews, which I think actually adds a little bit to the interview. Uh, Minji digs deep and brings out her inner NPR voice. Uh, so please enjoy this conversation with Tiffany Chu, the star of Miss Purple. Hey guys, welcome back to CollabCast. We're at Sundance Film Festival 2019, and I'm so excited for this interview because we are sitting with the star of Miss Purple. Yeah, we are yeah, sitting yeah. with Miss Purple herself, <laughs> Tiffany Chu. How are you doing? I am doing excellent. You're doing excellent? Excellent, yeah. <laughs> How has Sundance been going for you? There's a lot of people who don't know the chaos. I mean, it's my first world. time, so it's yeah. my first feature film, and it's also my first film festival, and also my first time um, in Park City. Congratulations on all three. Well, I'm also I'm sorry on the third one. It's really cold, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we were just chatting before, and you're you're originally from the Bay Area, right? Yeah, I'm from San Jose. Yeah. So you're a California girl like me, and then mm-hmm. we don't do snow on a regular basis. No, but you know, after moving to LA, like my body temperature, like like when I went back to NorCal. Like, I felt like I was not not prone to the cold anymore. No. Yeah, no. I, I whine when it's under, se- like, 71 degrees. I'm like, it's really chilly. And I always want to keep the heater on. Yeah. <laughs> but when it's cold, sometimes. So we are the same L.A. fabric now. Yeah. My friend's like, man, you've changed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so congratulations on Miss Purple. Um, congratulations on being... This, I mean, Justin's been raving about you. We got to interview Justin a couple days ago, which is amazing. But nice. he just really raved about the whole process of finding you and like what you brought to the table, like right off the bat. Yeah, he found me on Facebook. Yeah, I was wondering, can you share that story of like um, how that went on your side? Like, because you heard about this casting all or I. So I didn't really hear about anything. It was just Alex, the producer, had uh, posted. Uh, something on Facebook saying that they needed an actress and then I just submitted some photos and then we had our uh, audition uh-huh yeah and then the audition uh, the first few times it was all improv okay because originally uh, the director didn't have a script okay like he didn't write out a script but he had it in his, in his head um, about how the story was gonna be right um, and then eventually like after we were uh, about to rehearse he like finished the script Got it, got it, yeah. got it. And um, we are—we heard it from Justin's point of view, but what I love hearing from each person that's part of a creative process. What was your? What's your version of what this story is really about? Um, well, when I first read the script, it's Casey's family is deeply rooted in family, mm-hmm. and I am deeply rooted in my family, so I resonate with that. Mm-hmm. I'm an only child. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents, out of like all of our immediate relatives, are the only ones here in the states. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> Yeah, so... Um, so even more, like, only. <laughs> yeah, only. Very only. Or lonely. <laughs> um, yeah, so family, I deeply resonate with that. And also the whole story of Casey and how the story is, is 
it, it follows closely in how she feels. And I've also talked to many people about it. Like they're like, oh, um, you know, you get to closely see how Casey is different in every aspect. Like her work life, she acts a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, at home with her brother, acts a different way. And then with Octavio, she also acts a different way. And it just shows that. Everyone is relatable. We're not always. We're not just one dimension, you know. We, right. We're, we're different in every situation. Yeah. Um. So it, it really means a lot because I don't think it's just an Asian American story. Mm-hmm. Um. It's also you know an immigrant story, just like my parents are immigrants. Young woman's story. <clears throat> yeah, woman's story. The fact that you know she's in this workplace, and she um, she does what she needs to do to provide for her family. Yeah, she's in a tough um, spot. It's like anybody can relate to feeling like you're kind of backed in a corner and yeah. you're you just got to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, any person can relate to that. Yeah, and it's not just like it's not just like, oh, I only struggle this way and I feel this way, but it's like everyone feels that way. Mm-hmm. It's just that their struggles are different. For sure. Right. Yeah. And then when you play that with truth, and I feel like you did so beautifully mm-hmm. because I mean he, Justin kept using the word melancholy, but like having this like gravitas. There's two words that he was like that you had the gravitas and the melancholy, but it's like you had depth to me when I saw you on on camera. It was very much watching a real person, watching somebody who's not playing. I'm so sad, yeah, and mm-hmm. I'm also an actor, and I I understand how we can play these parts. Mm-hmm. It was just you're just being, and I thought that was really beautiful. Thank so I you. just wanted to say that to Thank you because it was very beautiful to see somebody be in their natural state. Because that's to me, and I think a lot of other people, very interesting mm-hmm. to watch. Yeah, because we are all being, and we all know sadness, and we all know stress, and yeah, and, and it's really great because during the past few days, like people have come up to me uh-huh. and they told me. Um, I think it was yesterday morning after you guys watched it. Um, this girl came up to me and then she was telling me how she related to it and then she started crying. And I just really appreciate everyone who who came out to watch it or who who's going to watch it because that was kind of why I really enjoyed playing this character or yeah. me as an actor being able to portray this character because. Um, I just want people to know that if you could feel how I felt, then I've done my job. Amen. Preach. <laughs> That's amazing. And can I, and it, just to like get more understanding of like your background and everything, how long had you been acting? Because you're just sharing how this is your first feature, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's incredible. So congratulations. Thank you. What was the kind of like the journey of getting here? When did you start acting and when did you? Because for a lot of Asian Americans, a lot of our audience is, Mm -hmm. it's still a novel concept Mm -hmm. to like pursue that 100%. How how did you get to this point? Um, My dad had always taken pictures of me and videos like when I was younger, you know, as a kid. So I had like multiple like photo albums and Uh stuff. And then when I went, I was really shy as a kid too. And when I went to college, I applied for communications to all the schools I applied to. I just kept it broad because I wasn't too sure what I wanted to do. Yeah. And then uh, UC Irvine only had film and media studies. They didn't have communication. So I was like, all right, well, then I'll just do that. And I want to try acting, so maybe I'll add that during my second year. So I did double major, um, and then I graduated in three years because I was like, I'm done with school. So. And because you are efficient yeah you know (laughs) and you can execute you can finish in three years you guys double major no big deal (laughs) yeah so i did that um and during my third year i got a commercial agent um and during between those like college years i would also go up to la i would help out with you know whatever projects people had because i just wanted to learn everything and so by the time i got to my upper div classes i had already learned everything wow um not everything but like i had learned yeah. yeah i had already learned a lot um and already learned what our class was going to cover. Um, so 
After graduating, I got my manager, and I started auditioning for some things、um, here and there. But I also have a podcast、um, with my boyfriend called Your Buddy Justin Lee, and then、uh, we also sometimes co-produce、um, some smaller、uh, commercials, or、um, we co-produced HBO. To, to, yes, yes, yes.、Uh, the first years, and it was toenail. Very cool.、Yeah. That's amazing. So you just definitely have this like creative energy and like creative mind, and you've just really gone after it in whatever medium or format,、mm-hmm. whether that's podcasting and then like doing the film and media studies. Yeah, just like feeding that curiosity, I guess, or that drive in you. Yeah, because I just like learning, and I just like to have things that will keep me sane. Like, because a lot of the times, you know, how acting is a little bit more emotional,、yeah. um, certain things. But the other part of it is like doing the due diligence work and keeping my mind like organized. Right. So I like doing both. It's a lot of paperwork.、It's、yeah, yeah, of, yeah. It's a lot of logistics. No one, no one handwrites anymore. Then <laughs> <laughs> my penmanship is like horrible. Emails. It's a lot of PDFs.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of form filling.、Um, but that's really incredible. I think it's super admirable to feed curiosity because sometimes. You know, wh- wherever you are, but certainly a lot of our artists that we work with are Asian American. There's a lot of、um, self limitation、mm-hmm. or a lot of fear. Yeah, anybody can relate to that. But、um, when you're not really encouraged to go into a creative field, or you feel I don't have what it takes, or you have outside forces telling you、yeah. for X Y Z reason, like I don't know if you have what it takes, or we don't、mm-hmm. know if we have something for you, it can be really intimidating.、Right? Yeah, and it's great because my my parents like they really support me. That's like, great. Yeah, they they just want me to be happy, and I'm very fortunate that they just want me to do whatever I want to do as long as I'm happy. And yeah, that's awesome. Have you seen the film? They haven't. Okay. So on Friday, that was my first time watching the film. So I've only watched it once. Oh my gosh, how was that feeling? I hate watching myself.、Um, it's the worst. It's the worst. I think I used to be like that, but now it's more like I would watch a lot of my own,、uh, you know, like self tapes and stuff. Yeah. So I'm just kind of like more analytical in that way. Yeah. You can be more objective and be like, I don't know about that. Yeah. Because even watching it one time, like I feel like I need to watch it again to process it because we had filmed for what thirty four, thirty five days. Wow. Yeah.、Um, during May, and because while we were filming, we were editing at the same time. So, so we're See, very yeah, fast. That's, I didn't know that.、Mm-hmm. I learned something. Justin never told me that. <laughs> Thanks for sharing, Justin. Yeah. So talking about your vision, <laughs> but not telling about your editing process. So we had refer- rehearsed for five weeks, and then we、uh, shot for thirty-five days. That's incredible. That's a that's. I shot like almost every day. <laughs> well, actually, I did shoot every day. I mean, you're the lead, and、yeah. you, you had a lot of、um, heavy scenes. So I imagine that that'd be also really. Yeah, it was it was it was hard for me to like let go of the character at home, just because I felt like if I turn the switch too much, I need to take a while to get back to that mindset. And、yeah. Because the character of Casey, if you actually lived her life, like it, it's not fun. No.、Um, Yeah, it is not fun,、yeah. but I, I'm glad that I, I'm able to to do this, and people who watch it will relate. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I I have a brother, and I'm close、mm-hmm. to him, and I have a difficult father. I mean, this is a different version of horse, but I can、mm-hmm. relate to that a、yeah. lot. And so, I just appreciate what you guys did. I appreciate what you did. Your performance was wonderful. I Thank was like, you. That's her first feature. Dang girl. <laughs>、um, and also, do you have any like? Tidbits like what's your your approach to other people out there who maybe are curious about wanting to get into film? Maybe I mean for me, I didn't know that I wanted to also write 
because like you know mm-hmm. what else do you think is out there for you and what do you say to somebody who's curious like the same way you were mm-hmm. you're like communications major yeah yeah what do you say to the, those young people or those questioning people I think it was also like me too I I knew I wanted to do acting I didn't know if I had the courage to do it because I was really shy before but after getting college then I got better um I think you just have to try to learn everything and learn as much as you can. I mean, uh, Angry Asian America, uh, Phil, he had yeah. his first YouTube show, and I was a PA for, for that. Were you? I was, yeah, yeah. You were PA? That's so amazing. Just, it was just on the, the very first episode. That's amazing, though. Yeah. I love that. That's such a great story. How did that feel? What was, did that like like set plant a seed in you in anywhere? Um, that was just one of like several... like things that I was helping out with yeah. but it was just nice because I was just trying to learn and observe what everyone else is doing like uh-huh. sound guy that was also the reason why I did film because I thought that you know I feel like you should learn a little bit of everything mm-hmm. so that you could be a little bit more self-sufficient a little bit more knowledgeable and you could definitely appreciate what everyone else is doing totally and I think that's important yeah that's a ama- that's a very mature <laughs> oh Stephanie, you're gonna do you're gonna go so far <laughs> thank you no because I think um People can see, they see the final product mm-hmm. and they're not going to know. We have a lot of appreciation to collaboration because we like produce a lot of everything yeah. to understand all the nuts and bolts. And that's what's fun to us to like know, yeah, it takes a, a whole village to make a film yeah. or to make a live show. And that's really exciting because then you, you have an appreciation for everything. So it yeah. kind of makes the win even that much more mm-hmm. meaningful. Um, how do you feel about your castmates and everything now that you guys have had this experience at Sundance together? Like, this is your first Sundance, and you get to premiere it together to the world. Mm-hmm. You get to watch it for the first time. Yeah. How do you feel now that, like, how, did you feel, like, kind of lost in the movie at that moment? Are you feeling, like, proud, elated? Like, what's the Sundance experience been like for you? I've only watched it once, so I think I need to watch it again. Okay. But I really enjoyed watching it with my castmates. Um, they all watched it for the first time as well. Oh, yeah. special. Mm-hmm. And it was really nice because during this process in, of the sibling dynamic, I got to spend a lot of time with Teddy, um, learned a lot about him. And he was the one who also got me into my first Muay Thai session. Okay. Um, yeah, so I know I've been doing uh, Muay Thai and I've also been doing uh, some jujitsu too. That's amazing. For those who don't know, Teddy is the, the actor who plays your brother. My brother, Carrie. Carrie. Mm-hmm. And both of you guys did an amazing job. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, you were also saying that you guys spent a lot of time together in the... Um, in the so we spent a lot of time in the apartment where we shot at and so we just would, like living as brother and sister right yeah we didn't stay in the house but uh we would stay there from like what 9 a.m to like 6 p.m and so we would like walk around k-town we would talk about uh what carrie and casey would do as siblings and we would eat in k-town because i'm not from K- k-town la so he was actually more familiar with k-town so he brought me around showed me a lot of things that's really cool mm-hmm. and actually one more thing i would love to ask you because um justin mentioned this in our apa uh, filmmakers experience he was really reflecting on what you brought to the character and also noted that you are not korean american mm-hmm. and that you know for him that's a creative decision that he made he's like no she's the character and how did that feel for you to kind of like step out? Because for some people, you know, there's like a constant discussion about mm-hmm. those identity points, right? And how um, that it's there's different nuance to everything. And I think that that's true. But um, as an actor also, mm-hmm. I think you can play a lot of different characters if you have the creative mm-hmm. work to do that. Yeah. How did that feel for you? Like, did you feel any type of hindrance? Or I, like, I did didn't because I feel like 
as long as I can, I don't have to be Korean American to relate with Casey's story. Yeah. And just like how many people who watch the film, they see their own stories in the film. Mm -hmm. And also, a lot of people actually mistaken me for being Korean. <laughs> like, I'm used to this. Yeah, yeah. This is nothing new. So, was there any part of you that kind of, to be, I guess, pick up on those nuances more? Was it spending time in K Town kind of helped? Yeah, spending time with K Town and also uh, Teddy's Korean. So, he also uh, educated me on many things. That's great. Yeah. In a great brotherly way. Mm -hmm, That's exactly. Amazing. Thank you so much, Tiffany, for Thank sitting you. down and talking with me. I'm so like excited for your future. Mm -hmm. This is really exciting that this is like the special moment, your first feature film. I'm sure there's many more to come now. Thank you. Um, are there any dream projects that you want to do? Um, I would love to do Mulan. Okay. We're putting that in the universe. <laughs> Hit her up, Disney, mm -hmm. or whoever gets mm -hmm. the rights. <laughs> That's really amazing. And um, where can people find you on like social media or anything you want to share? Um, they can find me on social media. I think I am in the process. My current one is T I F F C H E W W, but I think I may be changing that to Tiffany Chu. Easier to find. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> you may find her on that Instagram, but go look for her because this is a woman to look out for. Thank you so much, Tiffany. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Have a great rest of the festival. Everyone, too. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Yes. When we come back, more interviews from Sundance 2019, including one with Kelly Sry, star of the Sundance Next film, Mope, and Tim Sai, the director of the Slandos documentary, Sea Drift. Hey, I'm Bill Yu, and you may know me from a blog called Angry Asian Man. And I'm Jeff Yang, author, journalist, and celebrity dad. We host a podcast called They Call Us Bruce, an unfiltered conversation about what's happening in Asian America. Each week or so, we host a discussion about some of the most vital and interesting topics in our pop culture and our community, bringing in guests who are shaping and informing this thing called Asian America from Hollywood to D.C. and beyond. Uh, we got media, entertainment, food, family, politics, representation, the good, the bad, the WTF of it all. So check us out wherever you get your podcasts or at theycallsbruce.com. Peace. Peace. Welcome back to the Sundance 2019 edition of the Collabcast. Next up, we talk with Kelly Sarai, one of the stars of the Sundance Next Film, Moten, uh, which is a story about low-level porn stars and murder. Once again, you'll be treated to Minji's soft, deep NPR voice for this interview since we also recorded it at the Press Lounge. But it's a fun conversation nonetheless. Hope you enjoy. Here's Kelly Sry from Mope. Hey guys, welcome back to Collabcast. We're here at Sundance Film Festival 2019. We are sitting here in the beautiful Media Lounge, and I'm here with Kelly Sry, who is the star of Mope. Oh, thank you. Hi. That sounds weird. It doesn't. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah. How are you doing, Kelly? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. How's your Sundance been going? Uh, it's been tiring and yeah. absolutely amazing this is my first Sundance ever and it's pretty crazy to be the lead in a in a midnight no showing. big deal no no <laughs> yeah I know I know living my life I know I'm trying not to like get to my head <laughs> <laughs> we've been we've been having interviews like um for two or three days straight just um one after get the used other to it. oh yeah yeah I, I appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> okay so for the for the those there's a lot of listeners out there who Sundance is kind of like the wild west and you know the wild west in the snow and they don't know you know the independent film scene mm -hmm. so this is kind of like a great 
peek into that world, right? Yeah. And so when we get to sit down with the actors and the directors, it's really cool because all your guys' stories of entering the scene are so different. So for starters, could you give us a synopsis about the what the movie's about? Because I read what it's about. You did. And I watched the trailer. You did. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want you to tell it first. <laughs> My version of yeah, it, version. it changes every time I, yeah, I, I yeah, say I this. Like, um, we're, we're honing your um, yeah, yeah. Uh, mope is well, I should define a mope real quick. Yes, um, please. Uh, mopes are low level adult performers who do the uh, that's a very academic way to put it. Yeah, yeah, they do the discussing things in um, porn scenes that other people aren't willing to do. Um, so our, our movie is based on a true story back in 2010. Um, it's based on two friends, uh, Steve Driver and Tom Dong, who attempt to make it in the porn industry. And unfortunately... The good old San Fernando Valley. Yeah, exactly, in the valley. Right. It, it always there, happens in the it's valley. It's a little weird. I know. Um, and they, they go through um, all these things, and unfortunately, it turns into a tragedy as well. Okay. Yeah. So it's an intense movie, to say the least. It is, it is. But um, I think I think people will find it really funny. I, the trailer there's, was hilarious. Yeah, there's a lot of humor in this. Um, you need that contrast, you know, because yeah. otherwise it could be really dark. But what 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 do you think of that trailer? I mean, I the tra- I was like, I, I want to watch this. Yeah. Like, there's things. You want to see more? <laughs> uh, because it's just well, it's like those are that's where we are. Like, we want to see the real what really happens behind the scenes. Yeah. Right? And I think those are really interesting, fascinating stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, definitely. I'm just so curious because it is a very like provocative film, right? Mm-hmm. Um, definitely not safe for work and like adult content. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm just curious, like you as an actor, because I'm getting to meet you for the first time. Yeah, definitely. What is your background in acting? And then can you give us the, you know, abbreviated for your IMDb synopsis story of how you got from... <laughs> UC, I know you went to UC, UC, UC Irvine. I know we always, all of us go to UCI. UCI Kelly to like Tom Dong. Yeah, um, Star Mope. Yeah, it's been it's it's been a journey. Uh, I I went to UC Irvine for biomedical engineering. I graduated early because yeah, I was like, man. you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Graduated early because I was like I can't do this anymore. So my last year. Uh, you're like, oh, I totally relate to I this. know that moment, man. Um, my last year, my senior year, I would like ditch class, drive up to LA, take acting classes, really? drive back to my dorm and just like study, blah, 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 doing my tests. Was this a covert operation or was this like, did everyone know? No. Oh. No. Like it was like my, your journey. Yeah, 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 definitely. Because I, I'm sure you understand, like it's not going into this industry. Like my mom didn't really, you know. Um, support it too much. I love my mom. She's she's absolutely. We amazing. love our parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but they, it's different. not a, tr- a very traditional route. You know, they want you to be doctors and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that stereotype is true. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, I wanted to be a doctor too, so it was probably yeah, because yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah. what? <laughs> it definitely crossed my mind. I, you know, you want to help people, but it was just when, once I took an acting class, it kind of caught the bug and mm. haven't looked back since. So you know. I, um, after I graduated, just start kept taking classes. I'm still taking classes because I feel like yo, you can always get better at your art. You know, mm-hmm. um, I respect you, Kelly. Uh, oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Eternal student. <laughs> always a student, never a master. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I got a couple breaks in the, through my career, and uh, this is, I guess, I would say a 10 year anniversary since I decided to be an actor so now that's i'm at sundance yeah, congratulations what Thank a yeah, yeah. what a way to celebrate yeah it's congratulations yeah yeah how did you come upon this role then because you know like actors go through so many different variations of how they mm-hmm. go from 
A to Z, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. you do the classes, you do, depending on where you are too, because mm-hmm. LA is very different than like, I grew up in the Bay Area. I started in the Bay Area. Yeah, it's very yeah. different than maybe like Texas or Detroit or Boston or somewhere. Um, did you do the student film route? And yeah, then- I um, in the very beginning, I told myself I, I, I have no ego. I, I'll, I'll audition for anything. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll drive to USC or UCLA. I'll, I'll do every, every student film. And I, then I got lucky. I booked um, this um, an arc on MTV's Awkward. So I did that for a couple seasons. Awesome. But while I was doing that, I was still auditioning for student films because I was like, I, you got to you gotta keep, keep learning. Got to keep submitting, man. You got to keep learning. You know? Yeah, yeah and that's it's awesome. It's good practice. So, yeah, that's that's just been... That's been the journey. Wow. Very humble artist. Oh, thanks. No, but that's important. I feel like it's because that's, I think that's what it takes. You you gotta be grateful for everything that comes your way. Yeah. You know, you can't take, take it for granted. And I feel like you're touching on something important that everything's a learning lesson. Yeah. Like, even if it's a student film, it's like you're on set and you're learning how to work with other people. Because in this industry, they can take it away from you in an instant. Oh, yeah. And and then what now? You know, if you're grateful for what you don't have as well, then... Then you got biomedical engineering. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Did you graduate with that? Yeah, I did. Okay. So, yeah, Yeah, I I graduated with public health. I finished that track. and and Did you actually work in it? I actually did. Uh, For for three years while... And then I... In that time, I started volunteering for collaboration. Okay. So all the yeah, it's I have my but you um, don't anymore tapestry. No, yeah, 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 I'm not. But I feel like film to me mm-hmm. um, is public health. It's okay. about yeah. the human psyche. It's Absolutely. about emotions, about our racism, and yeah. about our fears. And I mean, all. we're sending messages with all, all okay. these 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 projects that we put out. It's yeah, really important. Yeah, but I mean, speaking of of kind of like. Movie, advancing things where like you know you still you you mentioned like you know you wanted to help people mm-hmm. that was really like something that you cared about and wanted to do even as you're like studying biomedical mm-hmm. engineering yeah biochemical biomedical right? biomedical yeah okay. but does it matter now it's the same it's all the same science <laughs> science <laughs> um but how for this role I mean I feel like <clears throat> just well I'll say me personally mm-hmm. As an Asian female and yeah. having dealt with like fetish issues yeah. and oh, things yeah. like that, I think I've always been triggered by roles that like call for nudity or like yeah. are overly sexualized. Yeah. And I would consider that, but I'm also kind of wary of them. Yeah. yeah. Just how women are treated in, yeah. in film and TV. And then also really understand we've, there's been a huge discussion increasingly about Asian men and their sexuality, yeah, yeah, right? Definitely. And so I feel like this movie and this storyline and this role, and it's a true story, it's yeah. very provocative. Um, it's really groundbreaking in a way to mm-hmm. like have this be so just kind of like overtly in your face about it Definitely. and just, and be funny about it Definitely, be, yeah. and um, be serious about it. It deals with a lot of serious matters. Mm-hmm. How did you approach that role? Was there any um, part of you that was like conflicted? Or yeah, no? definitely. I, I guess I, I didn't answer your question from before about the audition process. No, I, so yeah, sorry about that. But you know, we're, we're, we'll cycle through it. Uh, yeah. When I first got, this role, I, I totally understand that that plight that you're having about Asian fetish and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. like Joy, you know, our mutual friend Joy, like yeah, she always Joy Regulana, we love you. Yeah, we love you. <laughs> we um, she would bring that up all the time. So you know, and I would share my my um concerns about um Asian male sexuality as well. But when so when I first got this this audition, um, I read the character's name first. Obviously, I didn't read the the whole script. I read the character's name first, and it was Tom Dong, and I was like, Man. "That's his, his stage name, right?" That's his stage Tom name. Tom Dong. Yeah, yeah, his real mm-hmm. name is Herbert Wong, mm-hmm. and um, I was like, "Damn, what kind of character is this? I mean, what, mm-hmm. what kind of, is, are, are they making fun of me again? Are they making fun of Asian?" I'm American triggered for men? you. Like, I know. I read I know. that. 
And then I read the script. It was one of the best scripts I ever read because it's based on a true story. And Mm -hmm. these are guys that are pursuing a dream. Mm -hmm. And the only difference is the context is that they're in a porn scene. Nothing else is really different. You know, Mm -hmm. like we, I, I, all of us, we, we understand how hard it is to chase that dream when no one really supports you. Herbert, he left a family. He left um, an IT job that was paying him six figures to do this thing. And so it was um, absolutely relatable and and very easy to to get into character and, and connect and, with and, him and connect yeah. with who Tom Dong really is, you know, beneath the the uh, the form. triggering name. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, kudos to you. Yeah, yeah some yeah. people, and that's where we're at. I feel like it's that's interesting because you could read a name like that mm-hmm. and in this day and age people yeah. could be including myself like mm-hmm. who knows how I would react if I yeah. saw some if but you, you immediately want to say like oh my god this is so racist right. what is this you get yeah. like what yeah 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 mm-hmm. and you could have easily just been like nah forget it but yeah. you gave it a shot and you read the script yeah 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 and it was like a challenging script and I was like it, it was one of those very rare like I I, I in 10 years, right, I've probably gotten this maybe three or four times where I read it and I'm like, I know what to do with this. Nice. I know exactly what to do with this one. And um, they were actually looking for, going off. Yeah, they were actually looking for someone short. I'm 6'2". Oh. And yeah. so I was like, like you're I'm not, 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 not going to get this, but <laughs> I know what I'm going to do once I go into audition. So it, it kind of just came together really nicely. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So I'm guessing then once you went in, it was like a, a great experience. Like, I'm sure challenging. And can you Yeah, absolutely challenging. Like we, um, we did... I don't know how many pages it was. I can't. I can't remember. It's been a couple of years, mm-hmm. but uh, there were three scenes. I do remember that one of the scenes was totally, absolutely emotionally draining. Yeah. Um. It was. It was. It was. It was massive, and um, and I memorized it. I'm, I have a horrible memory. Horrible memory. I memorized. So we needed a biomedical engineer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I memorized that two-page monologue in a day. I was like, this, these words just feel right. And um, I'm getting goosebumps. Yeah. So- it, 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 just, like, it was just one of those worlds that came, came around, and I'm like, man, I, re- I really think this is my role. This yeah. is one. And, and people always say, like, actors always say that. And I'm like, oh, really? Do you do but I don't think that like? happens that often. It I doesn't. I ha- like what you're saying, I've read a ton of roles. You yeah. know? I've got yeah. casting and I've auditioned for a lot. Mm-hmm. Most of them. No, yeah, you, you like don't really relate to them. Percent of them, like, yeah. I guess. Yeah, but maybe. that one, that one, and and you, you feel like, oh, I can book this one. Yeah. Well, there's one that I really one. wanted, and it bombed it. Oh, but <laughs> like, but I read rules where I'm like, yes, that's me, that's me. Oh man, yeah. that's so, so funny. It, it's I feel you. Yeah, that's, yeah, I'm I get glad it. that you booked it. Yeah, you know, thank that, you, that's thank the you. The work I need to do. That's incredible because those are very rare, and like that's the work I think people understand about actors is. You're going to come across so many different projects, mm-hmm. good and bad, and everything in between. Yeah. And then there's going to be ones that are good, but you don't necessarily connect with, right? right? Yeah, yeah, And maybe definitely. that you are not inherently right for. Yeah. You'll still yeah, yeah. love it, but mm-hmm. it's like... Yeah. And then so I feel like those gems are really, really yeah. special. Yeah, they are. They are. And, and they uh, they take you a long way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, at first, it's uh, we're, we're an indie film, so we don't have, like, a high budget or yeah. anything like that. But here we are still yeah. trying to make it. You know, I think we we're the only... right now, okay? I know. I think we were the only blind submission that got into Sundance. Blind um, submission? Yeah, as in, like, we didn't have any connections to Sundance at all. We Yo, literally just, like, submitted. Like, hey, this is our film. Don't 
please watch it. Don't miss out on this. And, and they're like, yeah, yeah, let's get you. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Sounds, it's so different now that I'm talking about a porn star movie. Like, let's get you in there. I'm like, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> um, anyway, well, also, okay, um, one of my final questions, because yeah. I just realized, you know, you're talking about how you're going to acting classes and your mom didn't know, and, like, that was something that you're going through mm-hmm. personally and privately. Yeah. How are they reacting to this film? Like, um, this is the most common thing that we get discussed in collaboration yeah, with yeah, Asian yeah. Americans. Yeah, about parents. Parents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, <laughs> the smile. <laughs> I, I still keep my mom in the dark about this because it's oh, wow. it's still okay. a very um, tough industry. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's not like I'm making a stable living or anything like that, and it's. Um, I was very proud of, of Sundance, so I did tell her. But uh, I, I, for now, I, I'm probably going to leave out what Mope is about. Really? Um, okay. Yeah, because it's... Yeah. I mean, in the end, we just want to make our parents proud, for right? Sure. And and I understand that they come from um, a mindset that was is more, a little more traditional. Yeah. Um, so I, I... And I totally don't mean to make light of that, but yeah. I hope... Yeah. No, no, right. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But for now, I, I think... Personally, it's probably a little better for me to, to not share it so much with I her. I understand 100%. Uh, it's, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you guys would be the only ones to understand, you know? Like, I would tell someone, uh, a couple of my friends, like, why? You should tell her. I'm like, uh, not yet. It's like, not you yet. don't know, bro. <laughs> yeah, not yet. Because I went to college thinking this is what my parents want, you know? Like, they want me to have a good career. And then when I started acting, she's like, why did you go to college? Why would you waste all these years of your life doing this then in the first place? But you're young. You don't really know what you want yet, you know? Well, coming from... I don't know if I'm older or on the same age, but, like, having gone through that variations mm-hmm. of that conversation with my parents yeah, yeah, yeah. and having very strong negative reactions from my dad... Yeah, about going into the industry? Or, yeah. yeah. It wasn't just that even, like, stability is one thing, yeah, but, of like... Course going from being like a medical like he thought mm. and I did want to yeah. be a doctor and like yeah. influence policy and do all this stuff yeah. to like really change the world for the better I think my dad really he himself respected that and was like excited that I wanted to do that Yeah, to go from that to being like Hollywood yeah. it's just an industry he doesn't know and that he thinks they're just like a bunch of drug lords and prostitutes so, yeah, that my mom thought I was going to go into drugs yeah. for a second for real I yeah. mean let's be real there's yeah. a lot of drugs in Hollywood yeah. but there's yeah. a lot of drugs in every single industry yeah. there's how, a lot of drugs he... in medical industry <laughs> Seriously. Are we talking about this? Like, <laughs> my mother's like, uh, can you stop talking, Kelly? Please. Um, how's your parents feel? Your dad feel? They're totally on board now. Really? It took okay, a long good. time, yeah. but and that's the thing you figured out in your time of like how yeah. and when to bring it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it will be bumpy and it'll be uncomfortable. Yeah, everyone's like, a little different. For Everyone sure. has a different timeline. And yeah, it's, uh, like you know your mom, and maybe yeah. you don't know your mom. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah. you know what I mean. It's so, I didn't know my dad. Yeah. So we wish you the best of luck. Oh, like, thank you so I'm, much. I'm totally rooting for you. Oh, thanks. And this yeah, is amazing. Yeah. And congratulations. I didn't know you're the only blind submission. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. In this circus. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I know. It's crazy over here. Yeah. <laughs> um, any final words for our listeners? Um, yeah, I just uh, go see Mope. Mm-hmm. And it's great. And I would like to say to uh, Herbert Wong, who I portrayed, um, who has passed on, uh, that he is loved. And I hope I did him justice. And I love you, Herbert. Yeah. I'm sure you did. Yeah, yeah. And um, Kelly, where can people find more about you if they want to like follow you on Instagram or anything? Oh my God. <laughs> what is it? Uh, my the publicist, publicist is, is totally shaking, shaking her, her head. head. Um, I'm, 
Okay. <laughs> you might be you able in the future to find me. Maybe in the future when I create one. I'm, I'm like a very um, private person, so I don't really have social media or anything like that. I Drives did for nuts, a bit. right? Like, what yeah, are you doing? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm considering <laughs> it right now. It's, um, I've always been about the now, work. Kelly, you I know, can't. I know, I've always been about the work, not, not the extra stuff, you know what I mean? Just FYI, this is part of the work. <laughs> Trust <laughs> yeah. me, I don't like posting all the time. Yeah. It's annoying, but um, if, you got this. If you do, if I do go back uh-huh. on this, my handle was Kelly Sry. <laughs> Instagram slash K-E-L-L-Y-S-R-Y on Twitter and Instagram. Maybe I'll reactivate it. Okay, maybe you will. <laughs> maybe you will. Yeah. Thank you so much hey, for being here, Kelly. Thank you. Thank you. I really thank appreciate you. it. All right. Have a great rest of the festival. You as well. Thank okay, you. Bye. Bye. Our last interview for this special Sundance edition of the Collabcast is with Tim Sai, the director of the documentary Sea Drift, which played at this year's Slam Dance Festival. Uh, Slam Dance, of course, is the independent film festival that runs concurrently with Sundance and focuses on emerging artists and lower budget independent films that sometimes gets lost in the shuffle during the film festival circuit. Sea Drift is a feature documentary about the early days of the arrival of Vietnamese refugees in the Texas Gulf area and the racial tensions that ended in violence. Here's our interview with Tim at Slamdance headquarters. Hey everyone, welcome back to Collabcast, the special edition here at Sundance Film Festival 2019. And today's actually special. We're in the Slamdance Film Festival headquarters with Tim Sai, who is the director um, of the documentary Sea Drift, which is absolutely incredible. And we're going to talk all about. But first, I want to welcome Tim to the to Collabcast. Hi, Th- hi! Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for being here, and thank you for making this film. This is your world premiere that happened on Saturday, right? That's right. Yeah. And is this your first documentary? This is my first feature. First feature documentary. Yeah. Okay, so many firsts happening here. How has this experience been coming from Texas? Out into the mountains, into the snow. Uh, yeah, it's it's, your film. it's it's cold and uh, <laughs> very beautiful, mm-hmm. um, and uh, a little bit overwhelming this first uh, weekend at, at Slam Dance slash Sundance. Overwhelming? How? What, what has been kind of the most uh, amazing thing or crazy thing? It's just really um, you know. Party after party, um, you know, our, we worked on the film for over seven years. And so we have, wow. we have, you know, lots of different funders and supporters through the years. Mm-hmm. And some of them are not based in Austin. Mm-hmm. So uh, actually, I haven't met a lot of these funders in person until uh, this weekend. That's so, amazing. Yeah. That's incredible. Did you, it was all just like phone and email? Uh, yeah. Or, you know, they're here, they, they have events, and yeah. so they... They know this project and is finally done. So, you know, so we're invited. And so it's been great just to meet people and, and a lot of, you know, filmmakers that I've looked up to, you know, um, like Bing. Being yeah, able you to got finally to, meet him spoke in person. on a panel yeah. uh, the other day or yesterday. It feels like eight million years ago. But yes. yes, and you guys were amazing. I'm so glad you guys got to meet that that image, just like seeing you guys sit up there together. I was like, yay. Um, but that's absolutely incredible. So congratulations. I mean, it, it must be so, it's like a sensory overload kind of, right? Yeah. yeah. You got the elements, you got the cold, you got like freezing down sometimes wind tunnel, Main Street, <laughs> and there's snow and there's ice and you're like, am I going to die? Am I going to break my back but you're also like celebrity sighting and things like that um so how many you said seven years i didn't know that 
Seven plus years, yeah. Seven I think plus we, years. We started shooting back in 2012. It's when we first made our first trip down to Sea Drift. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So what was that process? I mean, this is the thing. Like documentaries now, I think it's it's so different to be immersed in that world because that version of filmmaking is very different than narrative, right? Right. There's narrative shorts and features that can be made so quickly, and docs clearly. Usually take longer, yeah. A lot longer, yeah. depending on what the topic is. Right. So can you, have you always been a documentary filmmaker? Uh, I went through UT's, uh, UT Austin's uh, graduate film program, mm -hmm. uh, which is for directors, but they actually force you to, you have to make um, some narrative films as well as documentary. Got it. Um, which I think is a, a pretty cool uh, way to really learn the craft from, from different angles. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, but since then I, I have really gravitated toward documentary filmmaking, mm -hmm. uh, more so from an editor uh, perspective. Um, that's what, uh, I do for my day job. Um, and, uh, but yeah, you know, I think documentaries, um, being able to really, uh, capture real life stories, mm -hmm. um, a lot of times it's actually more dramatic and, uh, than, than fiction sometimes. Right. I completely agree. I mean, documentaries are, are definitely a lot more accessible now, I feel like, because of platforms like all the streaming platforms. Right. So there's a lot of really great docs out there. And so that's really great that you found something that you gravitated towards and just went 100% on that. That's really cool. So, okay, back to this seven-year journey yeah. plus journey, 2012. Yes. How did yes. you come up? And can you actually some, like give the synopsis of what Sea Drift is about? Sure. Uh, so Sea Drift is a film about a small Texas fishing village on the Gulf Coast. Uh, it's a town of about 1,200, 1,300 people. Um, and it's about a fatal shooting that happened in 1979. Um, a few years after Vietnamese refugees um, ended up um, on the Gulf Coast um, and sort of the aftermath of um, racial tension mm -hmm. um, that involved the KKK and boat burnings and rallies, um, all sort of open hostilities against the Vietnamese refugees up and down the Gulf Coast. Right. So how, And then how did you come upon this story? Like what got you in 2012? deciding to embark on this this project um so i i read about this story in a book called asian texans that um chronicled all the different uh asian american immigrant waves to texas okay um and really you know uh, the the book really is um in, important in that um you know we don't think about asian americans as even being part of the South, you know, yeah. we've, we've been pretty invisible in, in the history. You know, Texans are super proud of their history. Um, but, oh my God. Uh, you know, uh, minority communities, though, are, are pretty much uh, left out of that uh, conversation. Mm -hmm. um, so when I first found out about it, and especially with the involvement of the Klan, you know, we, we don't think of the KKK as... Uh, having anything to do with Asian Americans. Right. Um, but, you know, uh, the Vietnamese refugees uh, being on the Texas Gulf Coast actually led to a resurgence of the KKK in Texas. Um, so it really is a significant event that I was really surprised I hadn't read about or, or, or known about, you mm -hmm. know. Um, so that's what got me really curious and uh, to, to, you know, to start really uh, understanding what, what happened. 
Got it. That's incredible. So you had read this story in a book. So you already kind of understood the general story of it. And then you're going to approach it to go down there. Yeah. And, and, you know, the story, the shooting happened in 79. Mm -hmm. So now we're about, you know, four decades later. Um, When we started, it was three decades later. But, um, uh, you know, I was also really curious, like, how does a town uh, recover or do they recover from such a violent event Mm -hmm. and from such a large divide in in the community? Yeah, that's wow. So when you went down there, did you have any sense you're with a vision of this is going to be my feature documentary? Did you kind of go because it's just very curious because you with documentaries, I mean, with that kind of story, you have an idea of what the what the story is going to be. But now you're going to get the elements and then go from there, which is different than narratives because narratives, you plan out every single shot. Right. Um, and then some documentaries, you kind of follow different people and then you figure out what the story is afterwards. Um, did you always have a vision that it would turn... Did it end up the way that you thought it was going to seven plus years later or did it really take a turn in any way? Uh, yeah, it's uh, even though it's a historical story, so we kind of knew kind of the uh, important events that happened. Uh-huh. Um, the film itself really changed quite a bit as we started, you know, interviewing the people of Sea Drift and in other uh, fishing towns across the Gulf Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every time we did another interview, the the story got bigger. Yeah, um, and uh, and 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 it is a complex situation you know what happened in sea drift and elsewhere um and and really you know based on my research it was just based off of you know newspaper articles and archival news at the time Mm -hmm. and so that was my understanding going in um but as i talked to more people uh you know i started to gain a more nuanced understanding of all the complicated uh, factors that were involved uh, yeah. that led to the you know the tensions. That's incredible. I genuinely and I want to say like I, I got to watch you guys sent me a screener, so I was so like honored and I, it was. That's I think maybe because hopefully it's a sign of maturity that I'm older and able to be a little bit more objective about things. That things can be very emotionally triggering, right? Things about your personal identity and about being Asian American and racism, you know, whether that involves my race or not. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in a very volatile, very emotionally <laughs> triggered society right now. Right. So I just feel personally, when I watched your film, I had a lot of questions and I felt that exactly what you're saying. I think you convey that very well in your film of perspectives it felt very objective versus like, oh, this is what I'm trying to say to you. This is how messed up these people were. Everyone had their perspective of mm. this, not just this incident, but these relationships. And I think that's the value and beauty of documentaries because if if they're done well, you walk away with understanding but also more questions. And I think that's really important personally. So yeah, I want to say yeah. congratulations for that. I mean, it was really well done. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Um, do you feel... Like, there's a lot of imposter syndrome in Asian-American communities sometimes. Mm -hmm. We've met with so many different creatives, whether they are podcasters or, (laughs) you know, YouTubers or actors or writers. Did you, how do you feel like being premiered at at Slamdance, you know, like having a world premiere, Mm -hmm. having your first feature? Um, I heard some stories about you from your producer, Andrew, (laughs) that he's really like... 
been the great producer and the advocate of like, you know, go for this, Tim, like shine in your moment. Right, right, Do you ever right. feel any sort of like, you know what I mean? Like it's different yeah. for every person. How do yeah. you feel about this moment, this milestone? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm really, uh, uh, I'm really a really horrible producer, producer, you know? Um, I sort of produce the film by necessity. Um, and, uh, you know, I know how to make a film in terms of the process of, of shooting and capturing stories and editing. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that is something I've, I've done with shorter projects. Uh, but in terms of being able to sort of navigate uh, the world of distribution and promotion, PR, <laughs> you know, all of that is, is really, you know, it's, it's brand new to me. It's a foreign territory for me. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, Andrew, you know, our, our co-producer has been uh, instrumental in sort of helping us navigate that, that yeah. strange world. <laughs> so now you're out of your comfort zone. You're like, got to promote, got to be yeah, the face of this yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we, you know, we, we want the film to, you know, be accessible. Um, you know, we think the story does uh, transcend its, you know, specificity of being a Vietnamese refugee, you know, rural Texas story. Mm-hmm. Um, we do think, you know, lots of communities would would kind of see their own struggles and the challenges reflected uh, in this story. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we're going to uh, work to try to get it out there. Good for I love it, Tim. It's growth, you know. And have you? And being in this environment, do you feel like you've gotten inspiration or like, kind of like a, a renewed fire? Have you seen other films that have really gotten you thinking of your next project, or do you already have that in the works? Uh, so, uh, being at Slam Dance this first weekend is just jam packed, um, and uh, we really haven't had. I haven't had a chance to personally actually watch. <laughs> many other of the great films that are playing here. Um, uh, And in terms of next projects, um, I mean, I am definitely inspired by all the amazing work that's being showcased here this weekend. Um, I I personally don't have another project that I'm going to jump into at this point. Um, But uh, I'm definitely looking for... You know, uh, uh, you know what might that next story be that you know I feel passionate enough to want to pursue. And I just want to also say, there's with with your film. I think for Asian Americans in particular, because you also said you grew up, you 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 immigrated to America. Yeah, yeah. As a ten year old. As a yeah. ten year old, which you know, and there's so many different stories like that, and um, that perspective of figuring out your identity. I mean, I related to a lot of different parties that I didn't think I would relate to in your mm-hmm. film. So I just, again, because I want to like toot your horn. I'm going to be your spokeswoman. <laughs> Thank you. This, this, this uh, podcast will be <laughs> uh, amplifier because I just think that in this time, it's really important for us to step back, remove emotion a little bit, and then see where people's, where other people's emotions and thoughts are coming from. Mm-hmm. Because if we do and we see that, we see them in a genuine way, less um, adversarial Mm. it can help alleviate a lot so I really hope that your film has so much success because I think it's a really important it's very timely and it took you seven plus years to make it but maybe it was meant to be done right now to speak to an audience who needs to hear it yeah 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 I mean you know when 2016 happened you know I think it it you know was a shock to most people and uh 
you know, uh, for for artists like for me, I've been working on the film for so long, but it really did give me a new lens to kind of look at these interviews I've captured, these stories, um, and uh, you know, some of the archival footage we captured of the clan rallies. Um, you know, since 2016, you know, the all right, you know, sort of their rhetoric has been brought to the uh, national spotlight with Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, what I've come to realize is, you know, what the KKK was saying back in 81, uh, you know, America first is mirrors exactly what the all right is saying today. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in a way, I think we were, you know, with Obama's presidency a lot of us were you know sort of thinking that yeah you know we have progressed as a country but maybe you know uh with everything that's happening now um maybe we haven't and so you know we do need to i think uh figure out ways for this country to have conversations you know um you know i think at the end of the day we really aren't that different from each other um, and um, you know, we hope the the film will kind of help uh, people see that there there are ways for us to overcome differences mm-hmm. um, and be able to, you know, uh, uh, coexist. Amazing, um, Tim. If people want to find out more about your work or and you, where can they find you? Because I just found out we can't find you on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on Instagram, but the Seizure Film does have an Instagram. Awesome. Uh, Seizure Film is the you know social media handle, Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, um, and uh, SeizureFilm.com is our website. Check it out, y'all. And we'll see. We'll you know get that distribution news up and coming, hopefully. Um, we're really excited for your future, Tim. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk. Thank you, Minji. Thank you. Have a great rest of the festival. And Thanks. stay warm. All right. <laughs> this is Minji Chang signing out. Bye, guys. And with that, that concludes our special Sunday edition of the Collabcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to us um, chat with the filmmakers um, that are making it happen at Sundance and Slamdance. If you're interested in the panels that we produced at the APA Filmmakers Experience, the edited video of our live stream is available to watch now on the Collaboration Facebook page. Just search Collaboration with a K on Facebook or the profile with the gold star. Special thanks to my co-host, Minji Chang, for holding it down and conducting all these interviews uh, while we were busy organizing a bunch of events at Sundance. Uh, special thanks also to our media intern, Mimi Lu, for running and producing the segments um, with Lulu Wong and with Tim Sai. And thanks to our producing partners at the APA Filmmakers Experience, Cape the Coalition of Asian Pacifics and Entertainment, Visual Communications, David Magdal and Associates, and Larnie Dakanai. If this is the first time you're listening to the Collabcast, you can subscribe to us on Apple or Google Podcasts, on Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, or wherever you find your podcasts. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please leave us a rating review. It really helps us out um, as we prepare for, again, our rebrand in the next couple of weeks. The Collabcast, as always, is a program of collaboration, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment. Discovering, elevating, showcasing, and connecting to creative talents of the Asian American community. You can learn more about collaboration, our upcoming projects, including the 2019 Empower Leadership Conference, by going to our website at collaboration.org. Thanks also to Collaboration Toronto alum, The Playwrights, for use of their song Theater Dancer for this week's intro and outro. 
The Collabcast is also a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, an amazing collective of Asian-American hosted podcasts. You can learn more about all the amazing shows such as, first of all, Books and Boba, They Call Us Bruce, and Saturday School by going to the website podcastpotluck.com. And on that note, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Collabcast, especially to all of our returning listeners for sticking with us as we go through this transitional period. We'll actually be back next week with another Collabcast featuring special guest Sherry Cola, uh, who plays Alice in the Freeform TV series Good Trouble. So stay tuned for that, and we'll see you next week. Have a good weekend. Bye, everyone.